Welcome to In Conversation, I'm your host Brett Rogers. Well, not really. This week you're spared hearing from me and instead guest editor Timbele Dilly was running the show. Timbele, tell us a bit about yourself and why you wanted to talk about sneakers. Uh, my name is Timbele Dilly. I'm from Plettenberg Bay. I am the account executive at Have You Heard Marketing. And um, I think the reason why I wanted to dabble into the sneaker conversation was obviously um, Two big milestones happened um, this past weekend where um, Zaid Osman's Great Africa collaborated with Grasshopper and also um, AKA's um, Sneaker. <laughs> AKA Sneaker um, also dropped, which was a collaboration with them and Reebok. And um, I just wanted to get some kind of understanding and just pay homage to South African um, street culture, pop culture, and also sneaker culture. So when going through the um, when going through the, the Instagram this week, um, which uh, you all can find on this is in underscore underscore, um, it really stood out for me. People like Ladsi and uh, and Hayden Manuel, um, who were collecting sneakers from, from such a young age, they were so committed to it and and committed to the culture, and even especially things like um, the Nike uh, Tony Sachs, which came in at like thirty thousand rand, and it's just incredible to think like. That's a that's a kind of a shitty car, but it's still a car. You know, that's a whole lot of money in, uh, that's involved in the in the industry. Yeah, definitely. And um, just just understanding the, the the whole logic of sneaker world. Um, these guys don't purchase any sneakers of their own. They they either trade or they 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 resell their sneakers to get better sneakers. And and just the 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 hot like felt sweat that these guys go through to find the latest drops and and what they have to do to find the latest drops like i had a conversation with zaid um on the podcast and um he he elaborates on um the 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 hustle that he has to go through um when he needs to get sneakers here and where his inspiration coming from um obviously he's local born but he he's gone to america and where he picked up the inspiration from um and bringing that culture to south africa i found very interesting and for you like what what is what's your journey been with sneakers i mean um born in plettenberg bay growing up in port elizabeth um we were always looking for the freshest shoes to complement what you were wearing on that specific day and um, for me moving to Cape Town and seeing the the amount of hype that that sneakers actually have here was something that I've always wanted to understand and 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 just hear from the actual experts of how where where the culture comes from and how people um, have lived in the culture as well what were your what do you remember your first pair or your favorite pair or anything like that my first pair that I felt that were very fresh and I really loved a lot were the Adidas tie breakers. I don't think they still make them anymore, but I, I loved it for the, the tongue of the actual shoe, which was very extended. Um, but it was a very beautifully clean made canvas Adidas shoe. Um, you could wear it with anything. And um, yeah, it's just, it was a very fun shoe to have. And I had it for quite a while, thought, which was quite nice. I think so. I'm a Bali, but um, my memory of sneakers uh, was first of all that North Stars were almost the only sneakers that I could get. And then uh, eventually, I guess when I was about 10, 11, 12, uh, LA Gear, uh, LA Gear were everything, man. They, there was a the first time I was like, wow, that is not just a shoe, that is something special. Um, I remember there was this white pair that everybody wanted. Um, they were high top, they were chunky, chunky AF and like leather and white and I, I just couldn't believe that somebody could wear something so big on their feet, you know, compared to like those silly North Stars we used to wear for everything. All right, okay, so that's enough from Dilly and me. On to Zaid Osman and the podcast. Hope you enjoy the show, guys. Cool, so my name is Zaid Osman, uh, the founder of an event called Sneaker Exchange as well as a brand called Great Africa. Um, so the event was started six years ago now, and it's all about like showcasing South African street culture in the likes of sneakers, music, fashion, art, kind of under one house. And then Great Africa is a brand that was started last year as a rebrand to something that I have been doing called Lost Property. 
Um, Lost Property was always about importing super rare sneakers and kind of just traveling the world and trying to find it. Um, and then when Great Africa was formed, it was always about... I wanted to be able to tell our own story and kind of export our story to the rest of the world as opposed to just constantly um, taking their story and bringing their story here. So, yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Okay, right. That's uh, like a lot in a nutshell (laughs) as well. Um, What inspired you to um, start Sneak Exchange? Um, Okay, so personally, I grew up in the States. Um, I moved there when I was four years old and came back when I was 15 years old. So a lot of my upbringing and all of that type of stuff happened in the States. And when I was that side, like sneakers and all of that type of stuff to me personally was like second nature. I always wanted to be fresh, be the freshest kid at school. My brothers always had like the latest kicks. I would get the hand-me-downs and always just like go out and try and find ways to hustle and get shoes. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much my drug to be like cool. Whether I need to be plowing snow or cutting grass or whatever, I need to get these shoes, you know. So um, there would be like online forums and all of this stuff where we would like trade with each other, um, would ship it to them, they would ship to us um, all on this whole forum, would sell stuff on eBay all the time and just pretty much do anything to find a way to make money and with that money just buy shoes. Um, so... The question was, what started Sneak Exchange, right? Yeah, what, what, what was your drive? What yeah. was the inspiration? So that's kind of just like a history type background. And when we moved back to South Africa in, it was December 2008, December 15th. I think we arrived on the 16th, <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a lot of people constantly saw the type of sneakers that we were wearing, Um I was still in high school, but even with my brothers, they would see the type of sneakers that they were wearing whenever we were at the mall or wherever we would go. People would and stop us and be like, uh, where did you get those? You know, we know that those aren't in the country. What's what's going on? Like, how do we get them? And eventually it was to get to a point where I was like, look, there's a lot of people asking us for shoes. Like, uh, you know, we can we can import this. I have friends in the States that... I can get them to ship it down. And just at that time, we had a friend that was working at FedEx. So, like, wow. I was like, okay, cool, employee discount, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> um, that works perfectly because <laughs> exactly. you see the gap. And then towards that gap, there's other resources that make it happen as exactly. well. Exactly. Right. So, so now at this time, it's like I'm 15 years old wow. and... Uh, we started importing these shoes and now like we're going into different hoods and all of this stuff because there was a specific shoe that people constantly wanted and it was pretty much anything with like an air unit bubble. So like the Nike Air Maxes, the Griffies, the Uptempos, which is like all of the old school basketball type shoes. Yeah. Um, Vince Carter, like if you have the pair of Vince Carter 2s, which is like the white and red colorway, like... People out here are like, yo, that is so crazy. Like, it's it's really the pair that people don't mind spending above the price of Yeezys or whatever for, you know, especially in Cape Town. And that's kind of something unique to Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to Joburg, it's not like that anywhere else in the world. They're like, what, really? Like, Vince Carter's? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious? Um, so eventually started importing a lot of that type of stuff and constantly went to, like, hoods where... Um, people really wanted it and was just paying us cash. Didn't ask any questions, just took the money and put the shoes and and off we went. Um, And then it got to a point where also a lot of like local kind of celebrities, I would say at the time, um, radio presenters or TV presenters and all of these guys started like also picking up on it. And I remember the first person that pretty much bought like kicks from me was Scoop. Um... And the less. So, like, those two dudes who constantly wanted the stuff, they're like, yo, wait, like, you could really get it to us? Like, are you serious? And at this time, like, I don't really know who they are. Like, I'm from the... <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay, so you pay for the shoes, not a problem. There you go. Yeah. Um, and really just built on that relationship with them. And, and I mean, now it's, it's crazy because fast forward a few years after that, and still importing shoes and doing all of that stuff with them, um, 
was when a lot of brands started to realize what we were doing. Mm -hmm. um, so at this time now, it's like, okay, cool. We're trying to bring in these limited edition products now. Um, we're trying to see how we can work with you and really give you guys an account to stock this limited edition products. And now maybe at this time, I'm like maybe 18, 19 years old. I'm like, hmm, are you sure? Like, okay, let's, let's see what these brands are actually saying. And the first account that we got, I think, was New Balance. And then the second account we got was Nike. And a Nike account is something that you don't really get. Um, even today, like people are like, it's one of the hardest accounts to actually to get. Um, and at that time, we got a Nike account. They were delivering stuff to my parents' house, the, the room, my room, the garage. Everything was stacked up with all of these Nike boxes. And product was uh, coming in, had an account with them and all of this stuff. And I'm like 19 years old. Anyway, it gets to a point where they're promising us all of this kind of rare limited edition products and stuff that we kind of already importing. But when it comes down to it, they're not actually giving us that product. So now I'm like, uh, but guys, uh, what's going on here? Um, anyway, um, at the same time, a lot of other brands now, bigger brands than us and bigger stores and all of this stuff are starting sneaker boutiques and all of these things. I think at that time, like the only store that was around was Shelf Life. Um, and then you would have like your corporations kind of opening their kind of tiered stores and all of this type of stuff. And they would obviously offer them the product as opposed to this little 19-year-old kid that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was going to get to that now, <coughs> like... He obviously didn't grow up like any traditional 19-year-old. We all went to varsity after high school in pursuit to go get this career that's yeah. <laughs> supposedly going to blow your mind and yeah. blow our parents' minds. But like at your age at that time and your parents, as you said, you were stocking up sneakers at the house. Yeah. What yeah. was uh, the relationship then? Was it like a bit tricky with your parents knowing that this is the journey that you'd like to take you know so so i think my parents like even from the states they always saw like i was always hustling you know from uh getting money to buy shoes and everything but they're like but say like you're just buying shoes like, you know <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't just live off shoes yeah and um so i remember like after high school i was like now nah, i'm gonna take a gap year um Personally, I wanted to go study at like a triple A or Vega or something like that. But they were like, no, nah, we're not paying this amount of school fees. Like, you're crazy. Um, and I was just like adamant, like, no, nah, that's the only place I want to go. Like, otherwise, I don't see myself studying. Um, anyway, during that gap year, like a lot of stuff kind of just happened and it kind of just continued happening and it just kind of grew. Um, but yeah, at that time, like a lot went on where at 19 years old it's like all of these shoes are stocked up here it's not necessarily a product that I really wanted and that consumer base didn't want that product either because they were like but Zaid we're coming to you for other stuff we're coming to you for like really rare stuff why mm -hmm. would we go to you if we can go to a mall retailer or wherever else you know like that's not what we want we want the stuff that you were getting us. So, you know, anyway, now it's like a whole bunch of shoes that are stacked up in the room. And yes. owing these brands a lot of money. And it's like, uh, okay, you're now 19 years old with <laughs> a lot of debt. And it's like, uh, okay, what happens now? Um, eventually I was like, look, I need to find a plan to kind of get rid of this stuff. I need to really find a way to, to move it. And that's when I came up with the idea of sneaker exchange. So I was like, okay, cool, let's let's figure this out and really see how I can make it work. So the idea was to have like a lot of my personal shoes at the space um, and then kind of just move them. Um, people were going to come through and buy them and then I was going to pay back all the money and everything was going to mm -hmm. be fine. Um, at the first event, was it was quite overwhelming because I was expecting maybe like 30 to 40 people. We did it at like a... Uh, coffee shop in Woodstock, um, Tribe Coffee actually, like around the corner in the in the like forecourt or whatever, and it was crazy because at that time there was maybe like eighty or ninety people that came through and the place was really packed and um, there was a couple of other local brands activating and kind of just like selling their stuff so it came like a little marketplace 
And then after that, at this time, like, I was also already traveling a lot between Joburg, between somewhat in Durban, um, but just within South Africa. Um, also delivering shoes for kind of these rappers and artists or at the time. And then it gets to a point where um, a lot of the artists and these guys were like, look, but uh, we can perform at these events. We actually would be honored to perform at these events and um, kind of just find a way to make it work. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, uh, I can't pay you, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I can maybe give you some shoes. <laughs> um, so eventually just worked on like bartering uh, deals with them and that type of stuff. And then eventually I got to a point where we really built a community. And that community is like a youth-focused community, but um, with a buying power these kids are coming through to buy shoes um and then after that um the relationship that we had we paid back all of the money to the brands and all of that type of stuff but it was kind of just like sour mm. um and fast forward like a few years after that now these brands are like cool like wait you have this community how do we activate w within this community because we want that crowd that you guys attract um, so then I remember Nike did and continuously like they activate at the event. So they did something at uh, an event in Joburg. They dropped like a crazy campaign for sports scene called The Drop. They brought down some crazy um, Air Force One designer from the States. Um, the year after that, they did another crazy Air Force One activation, did some like crazy Nike Joburg tees, Nike Cape Town tees and all of this type of activations. Um, Puma has done some really amazing stuff at the event, Asics, um, New Balance, Adidas, etc. And um, we really kind of have that community now. Mm -hmm. And now it's at a space where a lot of brands are trying to tap into that community because they're trying to tap into youth culture. Yeah. Um, so even just looking at it, we had a deal with, with Power Play, and that was kind of one of the deals that really just took us to the next level in a sense okay. of being able to now pay for artists, being able to pay for logistics, being able to pay Just for event licenses. Amplify <laughs> the event and make you know, it a, a real... Yeah, like a real marketplace. Yes. Um, and it's crazy because now we bring in between like two and 3,000 people per an event. Um, we tried a two-day event now for the first time. Yeah. The artists that are performing are top tier artists we've had the likes of aka's caspers uh shoma josie was at the last cape town one ricky rick has performed at the events and it's really crazy also because at our last cape town event now we gave away bursaries to red and yellow wow. so it's like it's crazy to see everything come full circle yeah it's like wow like it's it's really it's really amazing to kind of see that and see how we can align it and now it's really at a space where, personally, I'm like, there's a lot that goes into eventing. Um, yes. And it's like, I learned that along the way, and I'm still learning. Yes. Um, but now it's like we're dealing with brands, and they're like, okay, cool, we really want to align to this market. They're coming to us for advice on how to tap into this market, Um and it's like, I feel like now I'm an expert in this, but I'm like, like exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it, it definitely did not happen overnight, but it's like, there was no tertiary education. There was nothing to that. And um, it's kind of crazy to see where it's really going to now. And we've done activations and events um, in Nairobi. Wow. Um, we did Lagos earlier this year. We did activations, even now with, with Grade. Um, so what happened with Grade is the whole reselling and importing shoes and that stuff we don't do at all anymore. Yeah. Um, that was Lost Property. Lost Property rebranded into Grade, which is now a brand. Yeah. Um, and that brand is mainly just focused on telling our own unique African street story. Yeah. Um, so we've done a collab with a local brand called 3AM. Um, and we did a pop-up during New York Fashion Week last year. 
Um, is that Didi? Yeah, Didi. Didi 3 a.m. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Got yeah. that, yeah. Um, so we did that last year. Um, we did something during Seoul DXB as well in Dubai. Yeah, so then um, we just launched uh, our first official shoe collab with Grasshoppers. <laughs> that's big because that's that's that shoe in itself. It's South African heritage yeah, exactly. to to the to the roots. You you go to school. Kids from grade one are wearing grasshoppers, and and it's 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 funny how it's evolved. It went a bit quiet, obviously, how everything else does, but yeah. the comeback of it and how you kind of reminisce with all the times and the era of that shoe and with this new spin now that you know, shows that we at this point in Africa, actually, yeah. that we can showcase and tell our stories through our own, our own product. product. Yeah. You know, we don't yeah. need some kind of brand from abroad yeah. to come amplify what our stories are we have something we have all these brands and stuff so we are able to push forward and have this kind of um impact um do you want to speak more about the collab and how it got about um yeah so it's actually crazy because it's been like a year in the making <laughs> um and that's always the stuff that no one sees you mm-hmm, know it's mm-hmm. just like okay cool this thing just popped up like it's it's there um and they approached us like about a year ago to get involved within sneaker exchange um so i was like okay cool but uh what are you guys wanting to do at sneaker exchange you know you just want to come and put a stand up like um if we're going to do this we need to kind of do it properly like we really need to retell that story and and it's it's not something that's gonna just cool pay your money and activate it's like no like this is a brand that kind of deserves to be told authentically and really worked on you know so at that time um this was last year then i was like nah you guys aren't necessarily ready to activate at the event but let's continue the relationship and see where it can go um, and the conversation kept on going and kept on going. And I was like, cool, are you interested in stocking the product? And I'm just like, no, I'll I'll let you know. Like, you know, let me just get my head around this. So I was like, look, what I can do, um, and the only way it's really going to make sense for me is to do an official collaboration with you guys. Um, and it was crazy because at that time I was like, hmm, okay, let's, let's see where it, where it can go, you know, and, <laughs> And I was Adam, and I was like, that's kind of the only way that it's really going to work. And from there, we can kind of see, cool, where else it can go. So eventually, they were like, okay, cool, let's see let's see where this can go. Um, and they were like, cool, but we're going to need you to go to our factory. The factory is in Hrotbrachpan, which is just outside of George. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's a random place as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. It is. I was like, well, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so eventually I was like, and I just like kept postponing and postponing. I was like, no, like let me actually just go and see what it's about and, and go there. So I went there and it was it was quite insane to see the amount of jobs that they create. That was like the one thing that really hit me. Because they have like a couple of different factories and like within that town, it's pretty much grasshopper. Mm-hmm. Like so I'm from the Garden Route to play tonight okay, on the side, so okay. I'm very aware of the okay, like yes, <laughs> surroundings yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so like I call it grasshopper because it's like a couple of buildings <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, yeah. all of these people there, and they were really taking me through the story about how many jobs they've created, and that was something that really hit me. Because even just within sneaker exchange and within all of this stuff, like that's one thing that I really want to stand for. It's like I don't understand how the unemployment rate in South Africa is so high, but there's so many jobs that need to be done. That's one thing that I'm just mm-hmm. like, what? like it doesn't make sense. So that really hit me. And and to that exact point, they took me through the factory and showed me what each of these individuals were doing, and that was also like whoa like this is really crazy and now like i'm walking through the factory and all of them are like amazing like oh, yeah, like what's this kid doing yeah like you know like they mm-hmm. and they're excited and they they we racking up conversations and it's just like and then like they were like okay cool let's see if there's anything that can happen while you're here 
So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's let's look at it. And I'm, now I'm I'm wiling out. I'm like, yo, can you guys make the sample now? Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> like, can we, can we, like, you know. And I'm just going crazy. I'm like super excited. And I'm like, and um, eventually they were like, no, like a whole gang of fabrics rolled up, and all of the stuff is there. And I'm like, whoa, this is this is real. Like it's it really hit me at that time. I'm like, Jeez. whoa, like this is really like a heritage brand from kind of the ground up yeah um and at that time went through like a whole bunch of designs i think i made like seven or eight samples wow (laughs) so and then they actually made them so like they were like a few weeks later they sent them down and then i went back and i was like cool i like this one this is what i want to change up can we get this material can we put this in there can we go there and they're just like uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and eventually they like we kind of came to an agreement and was like okay cool let's let's do it um and yeah like we dropped a couple of pairs this past weekend uh in Joburg. there was an event called capsule yes um drops uh, like a limited drop there and the other crazy thing was just like how my phone has been blowing up. Yes, I was going to ask now what's <laughs> what's been the reaction from that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So like literally it's been going crazy and it's like I'm really well connected within like the South African, I would say like hip hop and fashion scene or whatever. And like the people that were hitting me up, I was like, whoa, like, okay, yeah. Okay. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, so yeah, of course, Didi got a pair, um, Visas got a pair, uh, Boiti got a pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Sejo is like on my case. I'm actually getting his pair. He's gonna, he's gonna hit. Yeah. So they're in demand. So like, yeah, just a lot of people are like, yo, I need this. I need this. I need this. And that's also quite cool to see that kind of support um, around that. And really just trying to see where it can really go um, and where the relationship can go. Yes. Um, there was two colorways that we dropped. Um, we're dropping it even this Saturday in Cape Town, which is going to be like the official drop. Um, and I'm like, so many people are now hitting me up like, yo, I need this. I need this. And I'm like, wait, shh. Let's hold back. Relax Let's a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming. Just, <laughs> on Saturday, before the rugby, just come through and do the thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so that's pretty much the the drop, and yeah, we're gonna see where the relationship goes and how far it can go. Yeah, and I and I think that's that's what makes your story special compared to like. If you want to call them all the sneaker heads and cultural sneaker bots and like the country and stuff, is that you have a, a, a passion to give back to the country. You, you, you drive yourself and everything you do towards giving back and making opportunities happen. Before I get to that, though, is that I wanted to touch base on another drop that happened last weekend, which was um, AKA and Reebok with the sneaker. Yeah. And, um, People were very excited and they loved it. People were full and four ways checking out the, the store yeah. and the sneak itself. Um, what were your thoughts um, around that? I think it's, uh, it's, it's big. Um, and even just for like, for Keenan himself, like he's also been someone that has been buying shoes from me back in the day and, and always showing support and all of that type of stuff. So for him to have his own footwear collaboration is really big. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just for Reebok, for, to really being able to wake up and understand what they were doing and for them to kind of allow that mm-hmm. is really amazing. Um, I checked out the shoe as well. I think it's cool. Um, I don't know kind of what the what was allowed and what wasn't allowed and all of that because it's not necessarily like the most out there and crazy shoe. Um, But I mean, at the same time, it could be like a design that he wanted himself. Exactly, exactly. Um, So, because I've even just been seeing it and a lot of people were like, yeah, but, you know, I would have gone a lot crazier and all of that stuff with it. But it's it's something where you can go crazy and really mess it up, you know, where you of course. Know, I think he, he played it safe. It came out amazing. Um, the shoes sold out. Yeah. Um, I was actually with Reebok yesterday and they were telling me like, nah, like it did really well for them. There were 600 pairs and all of this stuff was, and it, and it really did well. Um, so to kind of see that and to see it for, for South Africa 
it means a lot. It means it's it's a step in the right direction. Because even just I did a I did a talk at Capsule, and like the topic was on collaboration. And the one thing I said was, and I even touched on the on the sneaker sneak sneaker yeah. yeah that's one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I touched on that, and I was like. It it has always been us seeing other collaborations, mm-hmm. and for me, it's like I want them, the rest of the world, to see our collaborations, yes. to see us, and that's one thing that, with grade and with everything that I do, and even if it flows into artists getting booked in the states and all of that type of stuff, that's one thing that, like, needs to happen, and one thing that I'm really gonna work hard towards happening, to make happen. Um, so back to, to the point of the actual shoe, I think it was amazing to see Reebok do it. Um, I actually need to get a pair. I don't know. Hit the brother up, bro. Hit the brother up. I need to, I need to get a pair. It's, it's definitely history and it's, it's definitely, yeah, historical piece of, a piece, yeah. Yeah. And um, to go back to the, the, the work that you do outside of the sneaker world, um, you do a lot of talks because it's, it's, it's definitely like everything that you've done since the beginning until now has been a testimonial that you can share with people so they can also learn and get inspired to go on their own direction and do what they want to do. What's been, what has it been like being at these talks and, and having a panel of example big businessmen, corporate people, and there you are as an established expert of the sneaker culture and the culture, you know? Yeah, um, yeah like it's it's been, it's been an experience because like oftentimes I'll be in different areas. Um, I recently did a talk in, in Kailicha um, and what this was, it's, it's kind of just teaching, it's called Girls in AI. So it's teaching girls about artificial intelligence and in a couple of years how a lot of the jobs as we see them today are not going to exist because of computers and, and the future is really just going to take over. Fourth Industrial Revolution. Revolution yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and within that space, the one thing that always hits me is because within, so the way that this Girls in AI event kind of works is they are split into different groups from different schools and they are kind of given or they they decide problems that are happening in their communities and now these are always townships and um, disadvantaged areas that this happens and they need to come up with solutions to kind of fix those problems and find a way to involve AI in it. So the one thing that always hits me is the problems that they are faced with. It would be something as going to, um, whether it's like a disabled individual feeling out of place, or whether it's how uh, another individual is judged because they're needing to pick up HIV medicine, or they're needing to go to... Um, different areas and can't mix with certain individuals and all of this type of stuff. Yeah, and within that space, it's I always challenge all of those kind of investors and people that can actually make a difference because they are kind of they and us are kind of the people that are able to to really inspire the next generation. And on all of these talks and all of that, I'm like, look, we need to find solutions together as a community to really look at and say, okay, cool, this is what we need to be doing going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why even just going back to the the bursaries and all of that stuff that we're doing with, with Red and Yellow, it's like, that's why that stuff is so important because I genuinely care about it. And I'm even just like, I'm not doing enough. I'm like, I need to go out there and do more. Like, we need to go out there and do more. Um, so within these talks, it's like, I always challenge the people in the room that can. So I don't know if they may just look at me like, like they don't like me. <laughs> or they're just like, okay, why did we give this kid a chance to talk? Yeah. Or, um, or what it is. But it's like, just really trying to be real. Um, and 
it's in a world that we're in where there's like so much fake stuff happening of and so many problems happening. It's like we really need to find solutions to it. And especially in, in the space that, that I'm in where it's it's kind of fashion and it's kind of the limelight and all of this stuff where if we talk, some people will actually listen. You know, we yeah. really need to take it upon ourselves. Yeah. Um, Something we did recently at at Sneaker Exchange was a collaboration with with Kim Jade, and the profits and all of that stuff from the from the T-shirt is going to like a, a home um, that focuses on kind of uplifting females and um, also aligned to like xenophobia and like how we can actually actively make a difference. Yeah, you know. Um, sharing that tweet or changing your profile picture, I guess, does do something in terms of awareness. Of course. But it's like we really need to be active about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's more it's more of the doing than showing on your social media or speaking about it. It's more more the action type of thing. Yeah. You also you also speak about um working a lot in Africa. Um, creating a lot for Africans and Africa in itself. Um, are you looking to do any collaborations or work with African um, brands or, or people or creatives, that kind of vibe? Yeah, definitely. So uh, personally, I, I really love Lagos. Like, <laughs> it's it's crazy because like last year I went there for my first time and then I, re- I returned there this year. So we normally go for an event called Giddy Fest. Um, we do a sneaker exchange activation within the, within the event. And it's crazy because it's it's literally chaos, like mm-hmm. the city. <laughs> like mm-hmm, you land mm-hmm. at the airport, you're already getting hustled. It's just like, you know, it's it's really it really is chaos. But it's like the amount of faith in that country, like <laughs> you just you cannot go a day without laughing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember once, like um, I was actually in an Uber, and the Uber, like just before it picks us up, goes into a ditch, and. It's just like hoots, five people come around the corner, lift up the car, and off we go. Like it's it, it's normal, you know. Um, but to the point of working within within these regions, yes, it is definitely something that we are active about. Um, we did a pop up there this year, and even just worked with like local Nigerian photographers. We're also looking at ways to kind of bring them into sneaker exchange. Um, in South Africa, we're also looking at kind of angles of getting artists and that type of stuff from Nigeria this side. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, last year, we brought down, um, okay, he was born in Nigeria, but he's kind of based in London now. I'm not sure if you know Alex Hunter from FIFA. Oh, yes. Yeah, Very yeah. familiar. So, so his name is Tommy Wa Edun. He's a real person. Yeah, yeah, yes. So he's actually from, from Nigeria. So it was so crazy. I was there last year. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, this guy looks like that guy from the FIFA story mode <laughs> character. And it was him, man. I was like, what? Like, I didn't know you were real. Um, so we actually brought him down to the event last year. Um, we're looking at doing our first actual standalone uh, sneaker exchange in Nairobi next year. Um, so that's it's quite exciting. Like, I'm working on the plans for that right now, and it's it's really scary. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we're going to make it work. We did some stuff in Ethiopia. Ethiopia is also um, a place that we look for a lot of manufacturing um, of garments. We did a collaboration with an Ethiopian brand called NZ Footwear. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do handmade sneakers and all of that in, in, in Addis. So I was there also earlier this year, and they made like a one-of-one pair for me, took me through the factory and how the shoes are actually made. And it's crazy. Like, it's, it's, really, it's really insane because looking at kind of the level that a lot of the infrastructure and kind of everything is within these African countries, it's like we really need to support them. Like that's what we need to do. We really need to build on that. We really need to to really find ways of of collaborating more um, and working together to to kind of tell our own story. story. Otherwise, it's just going to get used and abused. So on that... That was an awesome line, use and abuse. What's your take on the global market and like your global celebrities taking from our African stories 
and and not necessarily sharing or exchanging where the idea comes from, but you can see the idea is taken from a culture in Africa and now reimagined in a more Western world yeah. that we now need to kind of praise because yeah. now it's approved, but it comes from a culture. And people from the culture sometimes are... Misjud- they judge the situation because that's not how yeah. the word or how their culture is portrayed. Yeah. How, what's your take on that? So, I mean, the example that comes to life right now is Petit Noir and Beyonce. I don't know if you saw that whole yes. um, thing that went out. And it's like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, honestly, what are you doing? And I think it's there was a lot of kind of media attention and backlash on Beyonce for that. Whether she even cared or did anything about that, I don't know. But it's like when those stuff are happening, like we really need to go out there and be active about it and saying like and actually point it out because otherwise they're just going to get away with it. Um, And it's also looking at these brands and it's like, cool, like oftentimes, um, even if you just look at um, the French Montana song that he did in Uganda, Mm-hmm. Um, I think we also need to understand what maybe French did t- to Uganda. You know, did did he come out there and build schools? Did he come out there and really educate these people? You know, personally, I don't know. Um, it's like a lot of the the international brands are coming into our space and and stealing from us. Um, but it's like, okay, cool. Where? Are we, when we are trying to tell our own stories, are we supporting those stories or are we constantly also looking for validation from the States and from the Western world? Mm-hmm. So I think it's also, it, it also goes back to, to being able to support our own before it gets kind of a stamp of approval from somewhere else. Yeah, We need to kind of be that stamp of approval, even for anything coming into the country. We need to be like, okay, cool. Um, there was a certain protocol or whatever that happened for this, and it's okay, you know. Or there's a certain um, kind of brand or whatever that came into the country, but cool, they're also coming out and building schools out here. They're also educating. They're also going out there and really helping us. So I think it's it's a very thin line of looking at it, and I think every situation is completely different. Um but it's it's something that we need to be very mindful about, mm-hmm. um, and we really need to also take it upon ourselves to support our own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds very logical. I've I've always had a thought around that as well. It's just how we feel it's good and it's fine for people outside of Africa to come to Africa and steal what has lived for thousands and thousands of years and now because it's been put out in the light by a Beyonce or celebrity now we're kind of interested in it and now we want to find out more which is wrong and as you said now it's rather we need to validate that story until it gets to that point and then it is logical and it makes sense Um, just to wrap things up but I've got two more questions for you where do you see Africa and South African pop culture going within globally and then anything you'd like to plug in, anything that's coming up in the future for you and yeah Um, South African culture and pop culture pop culture, let's say pop culture okay, so what's pop culture like give me an example of an artist or something I'd say pop culture because I feel like in South Africa it's more of a collective of creatives who are creating pop culture. So it could be an illustrator, it could be a rapper, it could be yourself being within these spaces and communities of all these people. Where do we see us as creatives moving forward as a nation and as a continent? So, I mean, I think, and, and going back to that now, it's like looking at it and saying, from a from an individual, right? And even just speaking for myself here, it's like I see a lot more collaborations and that type of stuff happening on a global scale. Um, for me personally, it's not like I don't necessarily want to be boxed in as being a South African creative. I want to be a creative, mm-hmm. you know? So whether I'm a creative born in South Africa, 
like you'll always be able to fly that flag, but it shouldn't necessarily limit you into one space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that a lot more with with like peers and kind of just people that are also within the same kind of culture. It's it's a lot more kind of recognition that is happening now. And when that recognition happens, it's like they need to come and really come correct. Mm-hmm. Um, more often than not, people are being used. Um, and it kind of just goes back to the previous point. It's like we really need to kind of take stand for our own because we know the kind of craft and the kind of hard work and blood, sweat and tears that goes into whatever we create. Um, so I think in terms of like a global scale and all of that, like I think there's still a lot more creatives that we don't know about yet. Um, and I'm looking at like the younger generation and I'm super inspired by them because I'm looking at what these kids are actually doing and I'm like, whoa, like it's, it's really, it's really lit. And in that space, it's crazy because when we were kind of coming up, there wasn't necessarily a benchmark for it locally. That benchmark was always set on an international standard. But now it's crazy because we are kind of that benchmark. So people are looking at us and they're like, okay, cool, that's who we want to be like. But they are doing really amazing stuff. And like, I expect them to surpass us. Mm-hmm. I expect there to be more events like Sneaker Exchange and all of this type of stuff to be bigger than Sneaker Exchange. The one thing that I just hope and, and want is it to be someone that's genuine about it and not necessarily a corporate just coming in and trying to buy that Mm -hmm. you know um so i think there is a lot of room and i think also just in terms of creativity in in south africa and africa as a whole it's really needing to to definitely take ownership of our own um and the one thing that I also want to like just touch on, like even like in, in Nigeria, the one thing I really love is they really take pride in their own culture and own heritage. Um, whether you go into the clubs or wherever you're going, like it's 90% Nigerian music. Um, and it's like kind of by choice. It's just like um, they really genuinely love it. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it's if we can kind of connect on an African level and also travel more to African countries, um, I think that's super key. And also just being able to 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 be able to take it to the next level, to be able to to look at it and say, okay, cool. When we are at that level now, when we are the the level of a a Trevor Noah, a Black Coffee, and all of these guys, what are you actually doing? If, like, if you look at, like, a Trevor, he's opening up his platform for South Africans constantly. Yes. You know, people are constantly going on the show, and and that's super in- inspirational, you know? It's, like, cool. If you're looking at, at artists, even if you're just looking at, a, at, a, at Ricky, he's opening up his platform for young up-and-coming individuals to come through. Yeah. If you're looking at, at Sneaker Exchange, we're giving away bursaries, we're giving away a chance to kind of perform at the stage, at, on stage during platform hour. Mm-hmm. So it's like we need to really be able to give more opportunities for the next generation. And that's one thing that us as kind of the people that other people kind of look up to we need to just continue opening doors because while we're opening doors we're creating opportunity while we're creating opportunity we're creating jobs if the jobs and everything else that we create we're creating a better and safer south africa and that's what we need yes 100 percent hectic that was beautifully put out there <laughs> and uh, yeah 100 percent. i agree fully with that and um what's what's the future looking like for you um, what are your next plans? What's coming up? Um, Your December, no? <laughs> yeah, it's also December now. Ish. The year's done. <laughs> Where did it go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, yeah, this year has been it's been really crazy. Um, like I said, the Grasshopper collaboration is is a really key highlight. Um, it's been something that's been been in the works for a while. Even just like myself in a creative space, it's like I'm constantly looking and I'm like, there are some projects and stuff that I'm working on now and it's like something that I would have never really seen myself doing, you know? And even today, it's like I don't necessarily know if it's still something that I'm going to do. <laughs> um, but really just looking at exploring different avenues. I'm not trying to say too much, but not okay, trying to say okay, too little. okay. Um, but lately been like super inspired by music. Okay. Um, and I've never really seen myself as an artist, but when I'm around, I'm constantly around artists and around people and they always like, whoa, like that really needs to come out. Like you really need to get that out and people really need to hear what you're saying. Okay. Um, but I don't necessarily know if it's ever something that I will, will pursue, um, there's some really cool footwear stuff that's happening. Okay. Um, so Grasshoppers is not the only one. one. Okay, cool. Um, it's exciting. So that's, some, that's some 2020 <laughs> stuff as well. Um, yeah, there's amazing collaborations. We recently did something with, with Spotify, um, a great collaboration with Spotify. Um, so it's like artist-only merch. Yeah. Um, so that was quite cool. And yeah, just kind of connecting the dots. We're really trying to next year. Like our main plan is doing the event in a few different African countries. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like just inspiring the world, I guess. Jeez, man, what a yeah. <laughs> you, you sound busy, and you sound like you're gonna be busy with everything you do. But yeah, this has been very inspiring to me as well, dude. Like, yeah, you're obviously someone that I've been channeling around looking around all your spaces and stuff and the type of people that you communicate with and you can just see from that how much of a, a mover and shaker and a game player you are within the industry and stuff like that and um yeah dude just keep on pushing and oh, yeah. yeah i appreciate high it high raises all the time and yeah thank you for your time again dude <laughs> oh yeah hey, all good my brother appreciate it man sure. shout out oh yeah nice Sick.